When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Ask Women. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa, y'all. You're so good. I'm so good. Uh, it's our Christmas special edition. I'm Kristen. You know me. And we're here with Marnie. Yeah. She's the owner of WingGirlMethod.com. You, know you guys know us by now. I hate doing the intro because it's like, I know they know. And I but can't hear myself. But what if somebody's hearing okay? it for the first okay, time? If they're just like, oh, who are these people? And we don't say who we are. And they're like, what's her fucking name? I want to know who she is. <laughs> Click the episode before this yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. You'll Go with the other 140 million episodes that we've recorded you'll figure out who we are mm-hmm. anyway continue introducing me i still want my introduction well yeah you know yeah you, you do shit i'm Marnie. you help men. she does shit she helps awesome. men and then we have kurt with us in our rotating world of producers <laughs> and engineers this is fun we, we like having different voices of men and we are getting it <laughs> that is yeah. the wonderful thing about being here um but i i wanted to talk about something today for i would definitely want to get into uh, the Christmas holiday Hanukkah Kwanzaa spirit and let's act- be real, no one celebrates Kwanzaa. We just throw it in there just to be politically what? correct. What? Are, I don't even know what it is. What it's it? it's like I don't know. Don't black people celebrate Kwanzaa? <laughs> Kurt's like you're Kurt, right? Yeah. You're like yeah, I'm not answering that. As uh, <laughs> I don't know. Are as you your, as your resident black guy? Um, are you black? Ish. Okay, <laughs> I love that. Um, that's like my like my husband. He's blackish too. Yeah. Yeah. And people never know. When the cops pull me over, I'm black. Right, exactly. That's when no, head. that's when you're not black. No, that's when... That's when they're no. saying No, they're black. saying you're black, but you're like, no, I'm not black. No, I... <laughs> I would say Native American if I were you, because everyone respects the Native Americans, and you you could pull what? it off. Where are you living? <laughs> people <laughs> yeah, at a reservation, not a, not clearly. In, uh, right, obviously. North Dakota. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> they don't like, oh, no, they let me off the reservation. I'm a Native American... Oh. I did. I did a. She's a comedian. Can you tell? And very wrong and racist and horrible. Racially ambiguous. Yes. Raci- to, oh, I like that. Yeah. I think that's cool. You, um, you are you're very, very castable. Cool Thank you. Yes. You're very that's castable. Cool. Yeah. You could be like. I should act, right? You should no, yeah. because you're very castable. Because it's like you could move between everything, between like terrorist to like black <laughs> basketball player, dude. To smart like boyfriend, to engi- engineer. I could do cholo very well too. Cholo, yes. Shave. yes. See, mm-hmm. it's, it's maybe crazy. you're in the wrong profession. We're gonna post a picture of you on our Instagram oh, so people can see. Cool. All right. <laughs> anyway, Kwanzaa. Um, yeah. So my understanding is, uh, just with the climate of race in our country, there's a lot done to not give black people, young black people, pride in their culture. We always learn about slavery. And Wait, where, where are you? What are we, why are we talking about this? So are you going to explain Kwanzaa? In the okay. early, in like the 80s, That's early 90s. explanation. In the early 90s, um, there was just a lot of, you know, just 
get pride in our culture movement. And Christmas is a white holiday. The world celebrates at this time not because of Jesus and Christianity, because of Saturnalia, and there's all these other holidays around this time, whatever. And then just the whole system has been seemingly against brown people, so we just wanted to get something to get our... You know, some really, that's some what Kwanzaa is. Oh, I this. love that. Now I'm going to celebrate. Oh, I thought it. Kwanzaa was I, from like a specific religion. Well, no, it's not a religion. It's like well, let's celebrate not, our holiday. At I this like time. that. I can celebrate it in my home because okay, yes. so I'm Jewish. No, don't even my try to think you can Catholic. pull it off. You're too now white. he's half. Well, not, not now he's half. He's always been half, half white, half black. So we can have Kwanzaa too. We're, we are an all inclusive family. The thing to do would just be to research it. We all have Google. Right. Oh yeah, that is true. a secular that would be fe- festival observed by many, on our show for 10 minutes by many African Americans from December 26th to January 1st as a celebration of their cultural heritage and traditional right. values. Oh, you know what? My mother-in-law was in town recently, and too she old was to saying to me, I, like, "I feel really bad that I didn't educate my son more on his black heritage." Like, she's like the whitest woman in the entire world. His his family like a whole bunch of like mix everything, but he's not. You know, his his uh, birth father is not alive anymore. So, and he's never really been not not exposed but he hasn't been close to his birth father so he never really had access to that side of him and she was saying how guilty she felt that she should white guilt i know exactly anyway this is it's very separate from what our show is typically <laughs> anyway. about. the point is i am now celebrating kwanzaa <laughs> i'm very excited for it this year are there gifts involved yeah okay well then i'm even happier <laughs> okay um but we are going to get to overanalyze this but i want to talk about something so i was uh talking to a friend of mine that I've been friends with since I was like 13 years old. And this sparked a conversation um, about like guys that I, we both used to make out with and we used to put in the friend zone and blah, blah, all this stuff that we were talking about. And so I started thinking through my past of guys that I liked or was like obsessed with. And then as soon as we became friendlier or got to actually know each other, I, I would stop to not, like them. Like, so for example, there was this guy named Rob. Wait, Chodin. you would stop liking I would, them I or you would I wouldn't like them as much. Like I, so this guy. Okay, yeah. This, that's what people say. Like the best way to get over a crush is to get to know them. Right. Exactly. So this one guy, Rob Chodas, I was obsessed with him when I was 14 years old. Like I would cry because I loved him so much. And I, every summer at camp, I would like call him as the guy that I was going to go for. And nobody else was allowed to like him. That's just how it worked. Yeah. It was like a stupid, a stupid system, mm-hmm. but that's how it worked for girls. And so Rob Chodas was like this guy for me. And then when we were in our CIT summers, like 16 years old. What is CIT? uh, Counselor in training. So you still pay, but they work you. It's like a really horrible um, system. But it was, was, you know, it's camp, so it's fine. Um, But so I became really close with him. We actually got to interact with each other and I got and he was he was awesome and wonderful. We would lie in bed with each other. We would hang out. And like in that first week that we were actually becoming friends, I I remember being in this space where like I can't believe I'm lying beside Rob Chodas. I'm in like, heaven, blah blah. blah. But <laughs> I, because and this is this is like the, the the common theme of all the people that I'm thinking back on. The common theme is is that the guys don't ever do anything to push that in the other direction. So what happened with Rob Chodas was that. I, not that I slowly got to know him more and that turned me off. It's that there was no other sexual side. There wasn't a flirty side. Are we there talking was, about the friend zone here? Is that? It's not even the friend zone. I don't. I, maybe you'll help me figure out what I'm trying to talk about. But the, the thing that happened with him is that he he actually ended up starting to like me, mm. and then but there there was n- no spike. 
like I, I talked about this la- like one of the times recently, uh, this flirting product that I have that's coming out in the next week, um, where it, where I talk about this roller coaster that women want to go on, and there was absolutely no roller coaster, mm-hmm. no emotional roller coaster, no ups and downs, mm-hmm. not like ups and downs, like he hits me and then he hugs me, <laughs> but like that's my my flirting, but excitement and like banter so and, on. and that stuff wasn't there. It was yeah. It, but this is a common theme. I remember thinking that, but for other guys too, David Goldback, same thing. Like it was, a, these are wonderful guys, but they never did anything. It's like they flatline. They flat, exactly. Yeah. They flatline. Well, I went on a date recently and a guy did that. I thought he walked in, he was not exactly what I expected him to be, but I still was going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I thought his face was really cute in the pictures and, and whatever. So he gets there and he was so monotone and so one note with me the entire time that it made me, if I was even feeling any sort of chemistry or sexual like attraction to him, it made me so uncomfortable of this like flatness that I went inward and we were having an okay time. We both had one drink and then the bartender came over and said, would you like another drink? And I wanted another drink, but he seemed so like, uh, I don't know. And it was like, if he was into me, he would have said, yeah, let, like, let's have another drink. This is fun. Let's keep going. And so he was yeah, like, well, going for old Lushy over here. Or something like some right, sort of yeah. line. And he was like, well, it's up to you. And I'm like, no, it's up to you. And he's like, no, it's up to you. And I'm like, okay, this is, and I was like, honestly, no, I don't want another drink. And then what was weird. So I thought he wasn't into me. So then I get home and he texts me and then he texts me the next day. So he was clearly into me, but wasn't doing anything in person to show it. And whatever thing that I had going for him for a split second was gone. And then I never texted him back. Yeah, it was over. Like there was no no recovery. Um, not experience, but no other evidence that, that he could be something different. Right. So tell me, and, and Kurt can chime in on this as well. Cause I, I, I'm, I'm guessing you're pretty smooth with the ladies. Like, I don't think you have this issue. I'm guessing. You're like, ladies, you know, Kwanzaa you're is. Like, look at this beard. What, yeah, I'll tell you about everything in the world. But yeah, I feel like. You're kind of describing like my life. Oh, maybe not then. Like, maybe uh, not so are you, smooth. Are you the flat line or are they the flat line? No, well, cause like I'm, you're talking, I'm like, you understand why, like your story, um, he just seems like a lame. Yeah, he was a little bit of like a lame duck. Yeah, like a like a wet rag. But when you're when uh, you're saying you know guys sort of flatline, you can't like you're, oh my god I'm laying next to him and we're talking this is so cool. What happens? Because like the worst thing for a guy to be viewed as is a creeper. Mm-hmm. That's once you're a creeper, that's kind of like you can't go back. That's my worst fear is for a, any female to think like. This oh, I know a weird. couple. You I know, know a couple creepers. Yeah, and yeah. you don't ever want to go there. So right. you're finally hanging out with this chick. It's cool. Everything's going great. She's like a friend. You've never felt that before. That's cool. I want to. I want to smash. I, that's. I'm a guy. That's what I want to do. She's beautiful. Want to make it happen. But as soon as I get that energy, even in my mind, she's gonna feel it. Now I'm a creeper. Just ruined everything. Ah, uh, you're totally creeping me out right now. <laughs> exactly. No, but you're. It, you're right. It's like you. You're not right, but you're right at the same time because you're perceiving yourself as a creeper. Then therefore she's going to perceive you as a creeper. So what you need to do is not perceive yourself as a creeper just because you may be having sexual feelings for someone. You're a creeper if you maintain eye contact for too long and then don't say anything and then act weird after like that. Those types of things are creeper things, but you're putting it in your mind. You're not actually the creeper. Helpful. Helpful. (laughs) Well, here's the thing that I say with most of my clients when, when they, you know, use that excuse as well. Well, won't it creep her out if I do X, Y, and Z? And I say, well, tell me, are you a creepy person? And they say, no. I said, are, 
do you do creepy things? Do you like sit in the corner and masturbate while staring at a girl? Well, then it's not like, even you, that. Um, no, like, no, you're not that person. Right. Then you are not a creeper. You are not a creeper. The, you are a human being who has sexual needs and a desire for somebody that's beside you, which is nice. And the truth is, is that I, as a woman, if I'm into you, I want, I also I want, want you to be a creeper. That. I want you to be a creeper. If that's right. a definition of creeper of, of having a desire for a woman right now, that's very logical thinking. That, right. That makes sense. It's mathematical. That's how it should be when you're in the situation. Mm-hmm. And it's you're very challenging. The embodiment of femininity, that's not logical. Right. right. So but you can make it logical. We Just can- like what you were talking about before with the meditation and clearing everything outside of your head. Yeah. <laughs> you, but- then you're a creeper. If you like look at her and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, um, you're like, you, you start just, meditating. Just give me a few minutes. I need to zone out. But you can even play that up and just say, like, hold on a second. I got to collect myself because you are. Amazing. Yeah. Like you could yeah. do that if you want. And you could just say like, okay, like let's be, the thing is, is that you have to own whatever it is that you're doing. So if you need those That's two minutes to mm-hmm. come, I, yes, it is the key. Owning yourself. <laughs> and I feel yeah. like yeah. Who and it's doing a, that, you know? That's, that's a well, mission hope, I've been on to yeah. own myself. And I feel like I'm finally getting there. That's Most awesome. people my age I, aren't on that path. How old are you? 27. Okay. Aren't on that path. Well, let's get them on that path. That's why we're making this show. So tell me, for, okay, you say that now you are on that path. What is it that you do? when you're in that moment to help you get into that zone. Because th- now, this is the make or break. And this is where guys lose things. And they're like, wait a second, I don't understand. We're hanging out. We're having so much fun. And now she's not calling me back anymore. This is why it happens because you don't act. Same thing with texting. If you're texting for two weeks and you don't ask a girl out, Kristen has talked about it many times on the mm-hmm. show, you're fucked. Like you, yeah. you, you have flatlined yeah. and now you've turned us off. And now we're, we're looking elsewhere. Right. So tell me what you do to um, help and coach yourself. Really just be my, I'm very shy and just counteracting that. Uh, I used to travel a lot doing construction. The guy I was with, my point guy, wherever we would go, any restaurant, he would just start chatting with any female, like the waitress, whatever, and they would just eat it up. Like, how can you just do that? I can't do that. I'm a nice guy, but why? And it's just owning yourself, being confident and so have you started on. chatting them up to, yeah, to raise I your confidence? Yeah, I harnessed my inner, my, my past raver self and just talked to everybody. That's yeah, just thing. pretend you like just took some Molly. <laughs> exactly. They don't need to know that you didn't. I I harness that side of right. My, so what does that mean to harness that, that side? So like, for example, for somebody who's starting right now and they're like, okay, now I want to go to my nearest diner and start chatting up women. How how do I harness um, something and then get it out of my mouth? What are the first steps? That's it, difficult. It's, it's hard. <laughs> it's, it's hard to explain and break down. Here, the thing is to remember is that it's a process, exactly like what you just said before, and it's not always going to go smoothly in the very beginning. But making that promise to yourself to do those things and getting that first word out—that's success. And that's where a lot of people tend to beat themselves up or fail. And this is a perfect time to be talking about it because 2017 is right around the corner, and something you can do starting in 2017 by giving yourself 30 days and every single day breaking something down into a baby step. If you can accomplish high, which maybe you couldn't have accomplished before when you're at a diner and smiling, that is success for you. Anything that happens afterwards is just a bonus. Right. right. To play around with and just get feedback from. And then the next day you go in with a different plan. My next thing is to say hi and then something else. But when you say that you harness your raver self, does that, what does that mean? You just like. I say, fuck it. I'm shy. But like, you know, like when someone's staring at you, there's a, there's an energy transfer. When you see someone you don't know, and you make eye contact. There's a sort of thing. Not that doesn't happen with everyone. So taking advantage of that you feel that you see that that's real 
energy transfer. So just yeah. going with it. Yeah, uh, you know, and you can control that energy. Exactly. Okay, so one of my, I think I've talked about this on the show, but like I, I used to have an issue with making eye contact. I talk, I've talked about it in Still some do, life. that's yeah. Oh, me too, but the thing is I, you have to I went through a phase of eye contact. It. A phase of a fa- eye contact? A phase with eye contact where I, I felt very uncomfortable doing it. And I think I was uncomfortable because I thought about the fact that I had thought about eye contact. Yeah. And so I basically have had to forget about the idea of eye contact in order to do eye contact. I that's can't even think because the minute I start thinking about it, like I'm thinking about it right now and I'm feeling weird in my eyes looking at you. So I can't I felt ever very warm even... when you were looking at me. Oh, really? Yeah. See, it works. It's just cross-eyed. <laughs> but no, I've just had to take the thing out of my brain, pretend it doesn't exist to get over it. Otherwise, I'm going to focus on it. It's almost like, you know, a self-fulfilling prophecy. Th- I, that sounds like a lot of work, but if that works for you, then that's fantastic. I think that's awesome. Like you know takes, me, I don't do a lot of work right, yeah, for anything. True. But to take something away and then replace it, like uh, if that works for you, amazing. But I heard this really great tip this morning. It was, who was this woman? What the hell was her name? Kristen Carney. She gives oh, the yeah, best it Chris, tips. It was a Kristen Carney talking about <laughs> charisma. Okay, actually, it's Olivia something, and she wrote this book that I just ordered on Amazon. Oh, great. Now I'm looking at betting on Amazon. I uh, hold on. There's actually a lot. The Charisma Myth, How Anyone Can Master the Art and Science of Personal Magnetism by Olivia Fox Cabane. I don't even know if that's how you pronounce her name, but I'm just saying that's what her name is. But I went and I watched a video of hers, and I didn't really think she was that charismatic, to be honest. But, <laughs> but I thought it was interesting the things that she was saying. She said one tip for making eye contact is instead of like focusing on the fact that you're making eye contact – Start looking at the actual eye and the makeup of the eye and what interests you there. So like that's how you're looking at someone's eyes instead. Instead of thinking, I'm making eye contact with you, you you look as if you're trying to see what's inside their eye, what colors are in there. And that actually gives like a softer, warmer eye contact. Like right now, I'm looking at you. I can you. see that. Yeah. Like even like there, like now I'm like looking in your eyes to see like what the color makeup is, and it, and it, it takes my mind off of making eye contact with you but as, and it being so... As Kurt was saying earlier, though, once you think about something, you, what you were saying with the creeper stuff, because once you start thinking about something, then it becomes real. And so if I was to look at someone's colors in their eye, <laughs> then I would start feeling like a creeper, and then, then I would become a creeper because I'd be like, ooh... <laughs> Ooh, well, that's eyes, when you can do, you know, and I feel like that's so extreme. Well, that's to do you can do like something that. that will really help, which is called announcing the elephant. And you say, "Am I creeping you out right now?" Because I'm looking at your eyes, and there's, did you know, there's like little specks of green in them? Just putting it out there that you're thinking that in a calm, confident way, and just like bleh, unleashing it, right? It calms it all down. Trying to cover it up and hide it. That's what just makes it worse and it manifests and it yeah. grows and it becomes bigger. And then like you go home with blue balls and it's horrible. So <laughs> what to get back to my point with Rob Chodas, <laughs> the whole thing is that the consistent thing with all these guys when I was younger, who I would lie in bed with, who would rub my back, who would do all really nice boyfriendy things, but never got any further was that they, they never initiated anything more. They lay there. And then I got over it. Yeah. And that is, and yes, when you're younger, it looks a little bit different, but that that is consistently what happens with women later on in life. If you do not take action, and sadly, most often it's the obligation of the man to take the action. If you don't take action, then you are losing out. Well, you said something on the girl. else interesting in there because you said, yes, surprisingly. <laughs> yeah. Because you said he would then become into me. He would get into me. Yeah. And it's that thing where 
if you're not interested in someone that is very interesting to that person. Yes. You know, and so that was the other thing is that you're saying, you know, you lose interest and then he gets interested. It it wasn't ever like I would lose interest and then they would get interested. It's that I kind of knew they were kind of interested, but nothing happened. And then I lost interest and they continued to have their interest. But that's because you didn't have interest in them. And that's what I think is so frustrating for men that are dating is that you want to show interest because you want to you want to take action. But then when you show interest, it can be a turnoff. So what's that fine line? The fine, the fine line of showing interest without being being needy and creepy, as you said before, is to do it boldly and with confidence to show interest from a secure, um, I know myself and I know what I want type of place, something that is direct states intention. So a lot, a lot of guys, what they do is they, and I've talked about this before, um, is they tend to cover up what their intentions are. So they're never really putting flirtiness out there. They're not bantering. They're falling into the friend zone. They're self-editing. They're becoming extremely polite around women. They're not really showcasing who they are, their opinions, the way they make decisions, their store. Anyway, they're not giving anything of themselves. And so that then if they show their desire, that it just becomes needy because, because they, they don't, their actions, um, not that they're not clear, but their actions are empty. Kind of like what you were saying with the flatlining. But if you are consistently putting what you want out there in. But, but how do you do that when you're consistently putting something out there, but then still being mysterious and desirable? You know what I mean? The thing is that you don't have to be mysterious to be desirable. It just seems like, like for example, the guy is, that doesn't like me, you know, that's not doesn't text me. I'm like obsessed with. I think but, but that's different. That's that's not mystery. That's I have a life, and I'm going to take my time <laughs> getting back to you. Right. So that's that that ties into confidence, knowing your value, and then contacting a woman when you want to contact her and say, "I would love to take you out next Saturday. Are you available? I'm busy all this week. You're not going to hear from me. Blah blah blah. Yeah. But the other guys are the ones that that you know text every day. Hey, what's up? Ugh. How is your day going? Oh, cool. That's like where where there's nothing being said because they're afraid to lose all that momentum that mm-hmm. they may have had in the very beginning. And then it starts to, you know, turn a woman off because nothing nothing is happening. There's no substance there. Yeah. There's one client that I have right now. Um, well, I'm not going to call it his name, but so he has an improv class with this girl that he sees every single week. And um, after the last class, he was he had some great flirty banter with her over text. And I, I read the banter. I was like, this is great. You ended it at the, the right note. You weren't dragging it on. You didn't like ask her to do something um, just to fill in gaps. And he's like, well, what should, what should I text her next? And I was like, wait till you see her in class. You're going to see her this week. Build up that momentum. You have a yeah. life to get back to. You know you're going to see her this week. And then when you have something of substance to banter about or to ask her out, then you can continue texting. You're just you just want to do it right now because you think that you're going to lose her, but you'll actually lose her if you continue to text her without purpose, without a reason for texting her. Mm-hmm. So I know that that's like it's still a little bit convoluted with the answer that I'm giving. That 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 is the difference. The, the difference is like this neediness, this eagerness, this I'm going to lose you if I don't contact you. I'm going to lose you if I don't uh, have a conversation yeah. with you. When the thing to actually do is to contact and have a conversation with purpose behind it. Texting, emailing, all that stuff is not for connecting and building interaction. It's to work out details of things. You can have fun. You can banter on. I will still disagree. I think you can build attraction in text, but you, you to, to an extent, to an extent, 
If you are continuously but, and only texting with somebody, no, I know, you but cannot. no, but what I'm saying is, I'm, I've, I'm sure I've said this, but now of going on all these dates, the dates that I have good experiences on, we've had good texting leading up to For it. Sure. The, the dates where we have not texted and it's just been like, hi, how are you? Do you want to go out to eat? Yeah, sure. It sounds good. We've had zero chemistry every single time. That's interesting. Every single time. It's, it's like, I'm not even exaggerating. But these guys also know how to text you. The, the ones that I'm having good text with? Yeah. Like yeah, they, they're, they're, they're good. They're, text, they're still texting with purpose. They are, still- they are, but within that, we're going to different places, not getting to know each other like amazing, but just kind of that shallow level conversation back and forth banter. Right. But what that does is it gives the female something to hold on to. Yes. Because every time I've gone into a date without the texting, I have nothing to hold on to. I don't Give me know an this example person. of a flow of conversation because like, I'm picturing okay. what you're saying, but then I know I know the texting that goes on for a lot of my clients that I work with, and it's just empty. Okay, it's empty well, conversation, it, and there isn't like a back and forth. A lot of it too. What I've noticed because it's the exact same thing is it's chemistry. Chemistry is a real thing, exactly. And I, we can literally be saying nothing, but we both feel like we're just texting back and forth all day, saying nothing. And when we meet up, it's cool. And there's people where like it's very shallow texting. You meet up. And there's a great physical chemistry, but you're still not talking. You know, if we had some private time, it'd be great, but you're still not. It's, it's all about chemistry to me. And then before that, everything you were saying is on, for both parties is you don't need me. And I start getting attracted to you. If, yeah. if I don't need you, you start getting attracted. Then all of a sudden I need you. You need me. It goes, and then it goes back and forth. Yeah, flat and flows. Lines. Yeah. Do you want to read back and forth? Honestly, do you want to read this? This was to me. I do. Let's take a little banter. break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to read this, and then we're going to okay. get into over analyze it. So we'll be back. Wait, we're we're back. Wait. <laughs> okay, so you're the gray, which is the guy. Okay. And I'm me, the blue. This was the best Tinder banter I've ever had. And then it led to better texting and then a great date. Okay. 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 So where am I? Morning-ish. Because it was about 11, 11 o'clock. And then I wrote, it's going to continue to be morning-ish for me until about 4 p.m. today. <laughs> ah, a fellow responsible adult. My mother always said if... At 34, I'd be drinking Pedialyte in West Hollywood under the covers on a Sunday afternoon. She'd done her job. It was a weird thing to say when I was six, but she said it. Oh, that's so funny because my mom said something super similar, except it was, if my daughter could be making mac and cheese and (laughs) topping it with Frank's Red Hot on a Sunday instead of going to church, I did my job. Wait, are you my sister? (laughs) I think you're pretty cute and now I feel weird. You should feel weirder about thinking someone who puts hot sauce on on everything is cute. The sister stuff is whatever. Um, I put ketchup on my mac and cheese. Also, I don't actually call it ketchup, but it was fun to write and think about. <laughs> Shout outs to cats. Uh, totes fan of cats, blah, blah, blah. 
your bills just got shellacked. Yeah. So then we talk about a little bit of sports. Um, I wrote, I'm still recovering from our like failure of Super Bowl. Um, blah, blah, blah. Then, okay. So but, basically, but like, this is good. Yeah. So then he said, send me your fax number so we can talk and pretend like we met organically in old school. And then I said, I only have a one nine hundred number. And then he said, well, then he said something else, blah, blah, blah. And then he said, well, what's your one nine hundred number? And I wrote one nine hundred and then my phone number. Boom. I mean, that was like fun, flirty. He was funny. I was funny. We had yeah. a good chemistry back and forth every Every time that I don't have this on a date, the date's terrible. Yes, but this is showing that you have a connection to continue talking. Exactly. And this is how you meet at first. But no, but the thing is, what is so interesting is that guys do not do this generally. If I went through all of my Tinder messages, they'd all be like, Yeah, but that's hey, also that's stop. also quick wit. That's also something that's a that's a very Right, yeah. but what this what I'm saying is he does have quick wit, but this is so important in building attraction because if we didn't have this quick wit he could look identical to what he does now. I would have never been sexually attracted to him. And that's the bottom line. Right. That's my thing. So that exact sort of inter- interaction is how, you know, that's how I gauge my interactions. Yeah. And I'm like that too. I can go random, very quick wit, but my specific brew of that is different than what that was. I right. And it's going to be different for everybody. Yeah. So the and guys if it that, aligns with the girl that you're texting with, then it's great. Yeah. So you may have a guy that's super dry, but he's just having another conversation where it's like that with someone else right. and that's where chemistry comes to play and that's where owning yourself and right this. but you have to own yeah. yourself and who you are and not filter in order to put that out yep. there so let's say yep. you know kurt's version is talking about kwanzaa and like you know the the, the slaver i don't even know like i don't even know Cause, <laughs> well because you were talking about before that she was like like serious <laughs> stuff at the beginning of the show you were talking well, yeah, about yeah you were talking about very serious stuff so to bring to have that connection of the minds if you if you didn't maybe have that banter that was like you know playful childish now i'm insulting you <laughs> banter but you had like a real like connection of the minds where somebody got you and you could put that out there in your own version of that then you would want to see each other correct right. okay so that like it I'm trying to figure out how to like explain this to people who are listening, but hopefully they can hear the examples that we're saying now um, and understand how to put it into their own version. It's really just clearing out all this bullshit of being creepy or being wrong or being this or being that and just saying, I'm going to put me out there, whether it's I love talking about like the color red for an hour. I like bantering about cats up. I like talking about like whatever it is that you like talking about. And you put that out there and you see if that other person latches on to what it is that you're saying. And I think because so many people filter themselves and self-edit because they think, if I say this, then they're not going to like me. This, 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 actually, well, this guy that I am working with right now, the improv guy, he was talking about how like um, his, his family has this really interesting background. Um, I forget what the like gangster, I forget what it is, but it's like a really interesting background. And he said, I'm always trying to cover that up. I was like, why? That's so fascinating about you. Like talk about those things. They interest you, obviously. Instead, you're trying to tweak your conversation to talk about something you think she might like. And therefore it feels, that's when it feels needy. It's like a learned, it's a learned her. behavior though, in defense of the guys, because no, but this is what, where you learn it. Right. But what I've noticed is, is that I'm, I'm very dry. I'm very sarcastic. I'm very witty. And I think, you know, that's has scared some guys away. And that's good. You're, you are, which I'm I'm filtering Filtering, out the wrong people. However, 
I've started to go, oh no, maybe I shouldn't be myself because it's making so many guys run away. Maybe I'll just be more the friendly girl, like, hi, how's your day? And then it's very disingenuous. But I, I do that because of you, the rejection of, I just got rejected for being me over and over. But that's, that's a mindset. You're not, I got rejected for being me. We just aren't connecting. Yeah. That's yeah. That's the better way to reframe it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. We just aren't connecting. Like, there's other guys who write into me and they'll say, you know, we hang out, we have a lot of fun with each other, and then things start to fizzle and fade. And she says, oh, now you know, I don't really feel chemistry with you, which is what happens when you get to know somebody better. That's the whole point of dating, <laughs> right? Because you're yes. like, yeah, we had great banter, but then we got into deeper stuff to figure out what we can connect on, and like. You know, you don't like talking about politics. I love talking about politics. You don't like banter. I like bantering. So this isn't going to work out. And that's how you start to filter down the people that are right for you long term. So don't edit. Yeah. And I have been. I have been because it's like your self-esteem takes a hit and you want to be accepted. But I mean, I'm I understand a, that. I'm an insecure girl in L.A. So, of what's, course, I'm going to do that. What's between editing and just improving your character? Oh, a huge difference. One, you are telling yourself that that's not correct to say because it's, somebody else may not like it. And and another one is for yourself, where you're like, I want to better myself. So I want to expose myself to more ideas and maybe try out something different. Maybe I'll try putting heels on when I go on a date as opposed to what I usually want to wear, which is jeans and running Kurt, shoes. Kurt, you should definitely try heels. Yes, you should totally. You go great with your beard. Um, <laughs> but so, th- so that's the difference. One is for yourself and one is for other people. So in your example... How does that apply to you then? Oh, God. I mean, like you being sarcastic and witty, is it like rude or is it just funny? No, it's well, funny. It's who she is. It's, exactly. I mean, it's who I am. And so I really can't help it. Um, I think for me, I do get insecure of maybe not improving myself because I'm not reading enough books and stuff like that. So I will never not be me. And I'm never yeah. mean. I'm, I'm funny. Um, so I think I get insecure because I think, oh, I don't know enough about politics and I don't know enough about, um, authors from you know the early 1900s or you know that's what yeah. i want to improve upon late I, 1900s you know <laughs> you knock those out yeah. of the park right well like for example um this guy wrote to me yesterday sexy instagram follower ratio and i thought that was kind of funny and i wrote thanks i mean what else is there to live for really so i'm not rude you know that wasn't yeah. rude that was just kind of me being sarcastic and he wrote "Ooh, dry wit but so, that's so like he Some got, other so guy he, would be like, ooh. Right. But he's like, ooh, I like it. Yeah, so I really don't feel like I need to improve upon that yeah. aspect of myself because I know it's a good aspect of myself. Just not everyone yeah. will appreciate it. But that's so, okay. That's, that's why we're here. Yeah. I mean, some, That's why I need to date a Jew because they like sarcasm and wit. Yeah. <laughs> they do. You should. So, maybe you should date a I'm gonna Jew. I'm going to go on go J-Date. Grab a Jew. I really you think should. I'm going to go on J-Date. I know. My people would like you. <laughs> I think they would. Okay. I want to get to some questions from some listeners because we seem to ignore a lot of people. Hey, ask women, women, and guests. See, there is this girl that I have been going out with for, I think, almost a year now. <laughs> We've been making out, and at some point, she wanted to take it to the next level. What I don't get is why doesn't she want to put a label on our relationship? Wait, have they just been making out for a year? I think almost a year. What? This is weird. (laughs) Okay. She tells (laughs) me she loves me, that she won't ever leave me. And yet I am to her, all I am to her is nothing more than just a friend. She, All right, this guy's a little delusional. He, yeah. yeah. She even asked me not to kiss her again the way I did one evening because of the reason that I'm not her lover. And despite what? this, we still made out as if we were. That time, I got her angry at me. But the problem here is that at the, that time we made out, she wasn't holding back as if she really wanted to kiss me as well. I'm in dire need of your advice. You're the only people that I can uh, reach out to. Help me, please, Eric. Oh, I, Eric. 
I know. So, well, number one, you haven't been in a relationship for a year because if she's barely saying, I don't want to kiss you. No, he said, I think. (laughs) Well, yeah, but even I think, you know, you're not in a relationship. So if a girl's saying, don't kiss me, I'm not your lover, you're not boyfriend you're confused about being in a relationship yeah, for a you're year not. then you're not in the right relationship or or you just know you're not like if right you're exactly about it, you're not you're, you're not, not following her she's saying to you we're not in a relationship we're not lovers i'm gonna make out with you you're just talking we're just friends yeah you're friends that kiss sometimes yeah exactly but and, not passionately and what is what does he need to know he he wants to know why won't she put a label on it because oh. she has put a label on it the label is i'm not I'm your not, lover i'm not your girlfriend right. i am your friend yeah take it or leave it that's the label that she's put onto it and yeah. that's what she wants if Correct. she's gotten mad at you for kissing her well i, I think mean, the confusion came because i've been in this exact situation where it's like you're sitting there okay you know what i don't think it's working out but like yeah but it kind of yeah i don't know okay, i'm gonna go home now bye make out for 15 minutes what do we just talk about? Yeah, exactly. Are well, we that's hanging a- out tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah, I, it's so frustrating when uh, people's actions don't align with their words. Yeah. And it well, really what, what screws people up. What do you think is more up. true? Do you think their words or their actions are, are more true? I think the words are more true. In my situation, the words were more true. It was just we're both I think in I think in dating, people. words are more true because when you're in the moment of something, you can feel the passion or you may just need the fulfillment of someone else around you. Right. And so you'll do things like make out and, and hang out. Yeah. But when someone says, I, I'm just not interested or I just don't want anything further, that's the that's truth. That's the truth. Yeah. It is. I think so too. And for women on the, on the other side, like I know that a lot of women get very confused because they're like, wait a second, you said you don't want a serious commitment, but you're acting so intimate with me. Uh, yeah. And you're sleeping with me and we have really good sex and yeah. you cuddle with me afterwards. Yes. You're, like I'm, you're, what's going on? You're just scared. It gets very confusing, but you're That's right. why I wish Listen words- to the words. I wish words, words would align with actions. And I, if I could say anything to everyone in the dating world, make your words align with your actions, please, for the sanity of all of us. Yeah. We want prescription drugs to not have to exist. This will help. Perfect. That's For a good mental, message. Yeah. And you just mm-hmm. totally ruined the prescription uh, <laughs> industry. Well, it's like, I mean, it makes people sad. And, you know, I mean, when you're you're kind of being played with. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Sad. Well, so I do feel bad for this kid because 100%. she shouldn't be making out with him if she's not interested. Yeah. But at the same time, she's being very clear with her words. Yeah. So he yeah, shouldn't be true. continuing to go back to, back to her. He is the one messing up his that's own. True. He should go hit someone else up. Yes, and exactly. And still talk to her, and then he wouldn't feel so like needy. And then Actually, just go hit turn someone. Around. But, oh, you do kiss really nicely. Did you learn that from somebody else? Like, or show disinterest. Maybe she'll get interest like your camp guy. Right, exactly. Rob showed us. Uh, <laughs> hey, Marnie Carney and guests. I've been a listener for a while. I started to listen because I wanted to understand women and not get freaked out when I met when I meet the one. The, my question, um, my questions are related to Kristen and her eight year relationship. Uh oh. Eight years is quite a long time. Why not break it off earlier when Kristen was certain or wasn't she? Um, in episode 171 on how to handle rejection, I remember Marnie mentioned that Kristen wasn't happy and didn't smile much. Despite oh, that, no. Kristen mentioned uh, that she wasn't keeping an eye out on other guys. Is that the norm or varies from girl to girl? Or it just happened that those guys weren't showing enough potential? Perhaps Kristen brought it up and I wasn't paying attention. It seems like you were paying attention. Uh, my apologies. Could Kristen share some of her th- of her thought process? Ooh. My question to Marnie is, if I happen to know a friend who happens to be in the same shoes as Kristen, what can I do to help her? Also, I'm a subscriber to your newsletters, Wing Girl Method, and I do recall an article talking about showing potential and being the awesome guy that the girl can be with if you like her. But what if she's a platonic friend? What can I do? Curious guy. P.S. I'm from the GTA, Toronto area. Not sure if that matters. It definitely matters. I'm from Toronto as well, which (laughs) means I'll give you 
extra time on the show to answer this question. Um, so, okay. So first explain this first part. Why didn't you break it off sooner? I would love to talk about this more on air, but I really don't feel super comfortable okay. given my situation. Well, why, why do girls in general delay breaking up? Because I, I because can girls girls are, yeah girls have well and hope well girls definitely yeah comfort hope so you're hoping the future's better you're hoping something changes and you're really comforted like you the word's perfect you're very comforted by this person's presence by them in your life. Your life is stable. Um, it's familiar. So right now my life is completely unstable and it feels awful. And this is part of the reason why I didn't do it for so long. I'm, I'm totally alone. I'm confused about my future. I don't know if I'll meet anyone else, you know? So those are reasons why people stay in relationships. It's, it's a fear-based thing really. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we were best friends. So, um, so packing up and leaving was very, very difficult. Yeah, and they become a part of your routine. They are, they are your world at that right. point. It becomes right. survival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even what we were talking about in the first half of the show about the baby steps, it's like when we think about these grand concepts of I won't be with this person anymore, my life's completely going to change, I'm going to have to start all over. It, yeah, you're just like, okay, well, I'll just stick with this person and see if we can work this out. So that's what you yeah. – and the, the truth is is that, I mean – we all have this hope that things are going to get better and change and be altered and potentially that person will change and we can change and we can get that feeling back that we had in the very beginning. Um, and then you get caught up in stuff and then the holidays come around. Like, so I have a girlfriend right now who is contemplating divorce and she said, well, when am I supposed to bring it up? It's Christmas and then it's this and right. then it's this. Right. And then it's Valentine's and then, Day. And then this. And I was just yeah. like, oh, this is how it happens. Yeah. So just like, it's a we, cycle. Or, it's we'll, a we'll vicious cycle. We'll get into a fight. At, not me and her, but uh, the two of them yeah. get into a fight. And then the next day, because they have to run a household, they're back into the routine. Right. And they're helping their kids out the door and taking Honestly, them to and you just I look at divorced people as super heroes. strong <laughs> heroes. Yeah. I do. <clears throat> because the amount of emotional pain that you go yeah. through is I can't even imagine. I mean, I wasn't married and I can't even you were think married. back to you doing it because it was so difficult. So I can't imagine, but I can't imagine going through a legal process also right. having kids, sometimes. having a house. I mean, we didn't share a house. We didn't share kids. We shared pets and some furniture. And I mean, and that was difficult. Yeah. So, I mean, the divorce thing, I, what I learned from this experience was I never, ever, ever want to get divorced. So I have to marry the one. Right. Otherwise, I'm not doing it. I think we need to talk about the um, institution of marriage and relationships and what that. Well, all yeah, means that's a whole other show. Of humanity <laughs> yeah. and this whole like mon- I think monogamy is is great. And I think it's mon- possible. It's not guaranteed because you're born. No, but, definitely not. You know but what I, I mean? what I'm learning from my experience of being single is that monogamy monogamy it's very feel, hard to feels like something that has happened. Because of fear, because we don't want to be alone. So monogamy is like a fear-based thing, and I am scared without it, and I'm scared with it. I don't know. It's I that's don't know what it's I'm a fear-based thing. I think it's a pattern thing. I think it's, it's a pattern. It's a combination of yeah. That I meet and so a ton many people things, now, but. like people like everybody who I talk to in their twenties. I have friends who are in their thirties and forties who aren't married, don't want to have kids as well. But for people who are in their twenties and they say, Oh, I don't want to get married. I don't want to have kids. And that, that's just like, it's so interesting for me to hear 
Because I think that that's the way that people are going now. I don't know if it's because of fear, because there's so many more options out there and there's so many more fun things to do. I don't, I don't know what's actually causing this to happen, but I was on, um, Heather McDonald's podcast recently, and she started talking to me about people who don't want to get married and she just doesn't understand it as a concept. Like, she's just like, I don't get it. She's like, I just want them to try it. Just like to try saying for the next month, I'm going to focus on just being with someone like, why would you want to force that on somebody? I don't, don't, I don't understand. They don't want it. If they don't want it, more power to them. If they are sitting and pining saying, I really want a relationship. Yes. Then you have them focus on certain things to try and like, you know, not sleeping with people in the first days, like all of those things. But if they have absolutely no interest and they are loving their lives and really happy, why would you ever say like, you're supposed to, you're supposed to be married. Cause that's what is ultimately going to make you happy in the long run. You're going to be really miserable when you're 80 and alone. And I'm sure those people would say, I wouldn't be alone. I have a lot of people. Plus I'd be at an old folks home where you can make friends. Like there's, there's lots of options for people being around you later in life. You don't have to be with that person who, who you potentially. And they're probably just going to be dead anyway. Yeah, exactly. But because <laughs> they had so much fun when they were younger. But anyway. <laughs> That's like a whole separate show and I want to have her on the show to talk more about it because I thought it was a really interesting thing that she was saying. So I don't know if it's fear. I think it's just like- For me, currently it's fear. think that that's the norm. Yes. Currently I'm looking for a relationship because I'm so afraid to be alone for the rest of my life. I don't want to be, al- I don't want to be alone. I think that goes I- to owning yourself. Yeah, I know. And so it's like I'm avoiding owning myself and just focusing on the idea of finding a husband so that I don't have to worry about fixing me because that's too hard. Fixing me is too hard. Why? You're an easy fix. No, my- are you kidding? Oh my god! You're oh my so god! Easy. But imagine you're just a standalone, awesome, quick-witted she woman is. doing this thing that isn't all with these insecures. That's, then that guy you're looking for is like, look at that chick. I know, and that's my roommate who's actually coming on the next show. We were, she was literally just saying that same thing about two nights ago because I was like crying in bed, and she was like, "You need to work on you and be this awesome, cool person." And then worry about seeing the guy because right now they're seeing you as the desperate one who's like, I have nothing else going on in my life and I need you to fix it all. Mm -hmm. And you're going to attract the wrong people and the people that you like are going to run away. Yeah, because they're quality people who are like, I've fixed myself. I don't need to do your shit. Right. So, but I don't know how to fix myself. It's like I'm in like a million puzzle pieces and I don't know where to begin. I can help. And all the the puzzle pieces like are all the same color. So it's like. Exactly. That's how I do puzzles. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) good. You start with the edges. You figure. Just just. Take so one. my hair and my and my pedicure? Yeah. Those are the edges. <laughs> no, but just, just take one thing for right now that really stands out. It may not have to be the biggest thing for you right now. Well, I did take the first thing. What is it? So I had lost my insurance and had to get off my antidepressants. I got new insurance and I'm back on my antidepressants as of three days ago, oh, really? which was step number one for me. Okay. To be able to func- oh, yeah. function and, and wake up in the morning and like, take a shower. That okay. was step number one. So I just did number one. Now number two is a job. Num- you know, and so, I mean, I'm doing it, You're but doing it's so it. slow and it's so painful and it's so lonely, but I, I'm doing it. I'm going to the gym. So those are the three. That's what I'm focusing on right okay, now. These are awesome that's things. It. Right. But it's, it feels, it's hard when you're in it. It sounds like, For Oh sure. yeah, great. You're doing it. It's like, do you know how much emotional energy it's taking me to do these things? It's, ev- it's like, I have 8,000 pounds of bricks on my shoulders and I'm, you're, and I'm you're doing, moving and I'm doing it. Can I tell you that them. you are like on the right, that's it right there. That's, yeah. that was my whole thing is I was at this point, like that the relationship I said like, Oh, we should just end it. Let's make out for 15 minutes after we talk about it. <laughs> so I was at a point where I was like, okay, we're shutting it down. I need to get a job. I need to graduate school and I need to like start living my life. Yeah. 
And it was a solid two and a half years of straight celibacy, not talking to any female. Yeah, I feel like it's going to take me a couple years. I really, today I actually erased Tinder from my phone. I put it right back on before I got here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I was like, oh, I mean, maybe. It's a habit. It's a habit because I want to just open my phone and look at it. But I think I'm, that's what I have to do. It's literally just take time for well, me. And it sounds so soothe. cheesy. But yes, I'm using Tinder and Bumble and dates to soothe, my, to soothe myself. And, that's and then it only, so what happens is you spike up. Because you feel good. You're like, ooh, someone talked to me. Ooh, I went on a date. And then you drop back down the next day. And then you quick fixes. do it again and yeah. you spike up and then you spike down or you fall down. Get rid of, yeah. like, my thing would be like, get rid of that. And then, like, I could say, like, January 2016 is where I've felt like, yo, I'm there. Let's get back into it. And that's nice. where it's easier to harness myself. Right. And, like, this guy you're talking to right now is not the same guy last year. Right. It's just because I started down that path. And right now, like, I wake up happy. Because of this, you know, yeah. I was in crippling depression from 09 to 14, 15. Oh man, that's you know? a long time. So like everything you're saying, it's just climbing out day by yeah. day. Yeah, it's like literally just the tiny, tiny, tiny baby steps yeah. every day. Yeah, it's hard. That is amazing anyway. for both of you. <laughs> okay, I have one more question and then we're going to wrap up the show. But I, I love that both, I love that you're on that path and like that you wake up in the morning happy. And I love that you're starting to wake up happy in the morning yeah, and lifting there. bricks. I wasn't there and I'm there. You can get there. Yeah, That's the whole thing. And he, he even said, it's like Kurt said, it's two and a half years. Like it's, it's a long process. I wish there was a magic pill. I mean, there is, you're taking it. <laughs> but like, there is still work to be done. That's why every single one of my programs, and I'm sure it frustrates a lot of people when they're like, I want to learn how to get girls. And the first section is, okay, well, who are you? Right, right. And they're like, I, I don't care. I want to get girls. But it's right. like, if, if you don't figure you this shit out. You have to do the foundation before you go climb any higher. Yes, exactly. Same thing when you're working out. Same thing when you're learning how to swim. Same thing when you're learning piano. I got to learn the keys first. I have to learn the alphabet. I have to, like, you need to learn those basics. And sadly, we don't have a course in school that teaches us how to be confident human beings that can do well in the entire world. We have to figure it out on our own. And that's why you have to create your own curriculum, create your own basics, your own foundation. And what we're talking about on the show are ways to do it. So I hope that this helps some people. Hey guys, I've started listening to you uh, less than a year ago. I found your tips work on me. I've got my confidence back and I started to get closer with a girl. But there's still one more thing I can't handle. It's when she's talking about her boyfriend. Once she was talking about his hobby. Once she was talking about what he did at a recent time. Once she was talking about what he, what she hates about him. So how should I respond when she's talking about him? Regards, Julang. And this is a friend of his? Or he's interested in her. He's interested in her. I started getting close with a girl. I started to get closer with a girl. I mean, well, then you're getting close with the wrong girls because they have boyfriends. Yeah, exactly. Then again, listen to the freaking words that she's saying. Right. Basically, he's say she's saying she complains about her boyfriend. This happens a lot. Yeah. Mm, He's this, and then that gives the guy hope that she's going to leave him. Yeah, she's going to leave him, but not for you. Right. Absolutely not for you. So what? What? How should he handle it when she is talking about these things? Uh, she should, how should he handle it? He what should, should he be saying to her? stop. He should stop listening to her. Stop accepting the text. Stop accepting all that stuff and say, hold up. Let's not talk about this. When you're interested in going on a date with me, then talk to me then. Mm, I like that. Very, very good. Yeah. All right. Hi. <laughs> this is also distracting. <laughs> um, okay. Kurt, what do you think? Kurt. I think uh, being mature in that situation and like just putting your masculine foot down is how you win that situation. Because either she's gonna go either fix her relationship or she's gonna make actions, and you guys. Are gonna so, what does talking. that masculine foot look like? Like really, really big, really hairy. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like unclipped toenails, really hairy. What does it look like? What does that foot say? Um, like what you just said. Uh, look, you're in the situation. It's cool. We're great. But I'm, I would not, if, if I was with you and I was that guy and there was another guy intruding on the situation, I would be very uncomfortable. I'm not going to do that. If you're okay with it, like, you know, it's just figure yourself out and we'll get back to this. Right, exactly. Come or find you could me when say you're something something I don't like, need you right now. <laughs> or you could say something like, I have feelings for you, so this conversation seems inappropriate. Oh, look at that. Mm. And you would be okay with that? Yeah. Okay. I mean, you'd have to be. <laughs> like that. Okay, just for people, all these pauses are because there's so <laughs> many distractions happening right now. There's a big window, people poking their head and people coming in for the next episode. Lots of stuff. So we're not <laughs> losing fire. We're just getting distracted and have ADD. Anyway, we're going to wrap up the show. That was really good advice for Julang. Basically, uh, just stop hanging out with girls that have boyfriends. It's a waste of your time. But if you are hanging out with a girl that you want who has a boyfriend and she's complaining about her boyfriend, just saying like exactly what Kristen said, I'm here to pursue you. I'm not here to be your therapist. I'm not here to listen to you. Like when you want to be free of your boyfriend, then we can hang out. I'm That's told- also a quick ticket to friend zone too. I've been there. Yeah. You're talking about the boyfriend or all your guys. And quick ticket. Getting- I have here guys, that, I have guys that, that I'm texting with a lot that I, I mean, there's a guy right now that I'm into that's not super into me. And I'm, there's a few guys that keep texting me. I know they want to go on a date. Yeah. They're like, what's wrong? And I'm like, oh, you know, like this dude that I really like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm never going out with these guys ever. Yeah. And they're like, oh, that sucks. But they're there for me because I'm emotional and I need somebody to talk to and they seem interested. Right. But they should not. But there's no chance. They should not be interested because you're a crazy pants person. I know. (laughs) Anyway, we're going to wrap up our Christmas, uh, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah. What other holiday did we decide existed? Kwanzaa, didn't you? No, I thought there was like something else that we also. Christmas? I, I mean, I don't know. I said Kwanzaa. I mean, we, I listed the most oh, important Oh, one. well, everyone's going to be disappointed if I don't mention this because they know I'm a Seinfeld fan. Festivus. Yes. Festivus for the rest of us. Yes, good job, Marnie. I, I did watch wow. all Seinfeld. It is really funny because I've seen every episode of Seinfeld numerous times, but most often when people say, did you ever see this episode? I'll be like, no, I don't, I don't think I saw that <laughs> one, but I like, literally watched every week. Well, and I can't remember. Maybe stuff. it was repeats. You weren't watching. Maybe you were too young. If you were too watching, young. if you were watching every episode live on, t- it was back in like ninety. 90- yeah, 89 to like 99 how old i am i was watching every episode every i was Thursday. i was two but that was and we were 14 right maybe, but i'm not saying 13. i was like 30 years old like <laughs> taking in everything that was being said so I, like, I don't get this show they're worth i know i well it was funny because when i watched it when i was young i was like i get this show this <laughs> like is this, life this is me this, this is, is everything and then i just it was then then on i just was obsessed because I, I was bullied and so no one who was in school got me and then i saw the show i was like they get me they get me, and then I became obsessed. Yeah. Oh, I like it. But, but anyway. this actually to go back to the beginning of the show, the reason that I started talking with my friend about like past guys is because she brought up a guy that I had made out with, and I was like, I don't remember that. You don't remember making out with a certain guy? I had a stroke though when I was twenty. So there you yeah, go. I'm giving credit. I use like, the bullying as a crutch. Use the stroke as a crutch. Yeah, we all have a crutch. Where I'm like, I don't remember that. She starts describing. And I'm like, I do not remember any of this she's like new year's 2000 i was like what i hung out with you for new year's of 2000 i don't even remember i don't remember anything you're drunk ho yeah so that would make sense if i don't remember specific episodes of seinfeld but every episode of friends i remember anyway new episodes of the ask win podcast or of ask women come out every thursday at 5 p.m pacific uh thank you kurt for talking on our show the man who said he did not know how to talk or wasn't a good talker because you were a very good talker so thank you 